Hello, and welcome to another episode of the DevHops Podcast. I'm Noel Wurst, your host and the content managing editor at SkyTap. This show is really designed to have conversations with various analysts and thought leaders and partners and customers of ours even, uh, around the topic of the modernization of software development and testing. This week's show was a fun one. We were out at Star West last week in Anaheim, California, and had the chance to sit down and talk with Ryan Papineau, a quality analyst and test automation engineer at Alaska Airlines. Uh, Ryan had been a part of a session earlier in the day with a partner of ours, Parasoft, uh, explaining how service virtualization has uh, basically allowed Ryan and his team uh, the ability to test far earlier, more often, and uh, on services and systems that they did not previously uh, have access to when they needed them. Uh, they've been able to do some really cool things with service virtualization and continuous testing. And I got the chance to sit down with Ryan after that session and learn a little bit more about what he and his team are doing. So hope you enjoyed the conversation. We sure did. And we'll see you on the other side. So I was hoping that first off I could get you to kind of just relate um, uh, the story of, of what you're doing there at Alaska Air um, what you're doing with service virtualization, kind of just kind of get an intro as to, um, as to kind of how that came to be. Well, we uh, first started off with our uh, flight operations manager, which was like a large, complex uh, application. It had many dependencies in a fully integrated environment. And when we were getting all of our production cloned data into those environments, it was always kind of like inconsistent and it was really hard for the testers to test their scenarios. So, uh, we eventually came to a milestone where, like, using this kind of, I call it, like, the hunt and pack, or, you know, essentially getting, you know, clone data that's, you know, not what you really need, wasn't working for us anymore. And we were already trying to do a service virtualization effort, and so we had the need. So we brought it in-house, uh, along with, um, like, the automated test client as well. So essentially, we uh, used uh, Parasoft Virtualize and Parasoft Sewatest to handle are uh, missing web services or the ones with inconsistent data. And we used automated test clients to fire in events that allowed us to now get the events we want. But in addition to that, we also brought in some other technologies, such as isolated test environment, which was a CERT, short for certification. And also for our missing data, we used test data management, which allowed us to essentially subset prod and maintain our referential integrity and age our data. So now we have consistent data that the testers need that's reliable, repeatable, day in and day out. So when you say it wasn't really working for you anymore, was it um, that uh, the, the software was not being tested as much as it needed to be? Was, were there deadlines being missed? Or was it just uh, you, you weren't able to get the amount of testing done? Or maybe the quality of the testing was not at the level that it needed to be? Actually, pretty much all of the above, except for the quality of testing, for what we had to work with, we were doing. But the yes, we some deadlines were slipping because they're like, hey, these scenarios aren't coming up from prod. We they didn't have access. So under the old model, they didn't have the access to simulate the scenarios. And um, so we're now once we finally brought it all in under this new model of using service virtualization and the automated events that handle their scenarios, we now are actually able to achieve the coverage they need. And that now started bringing those deadlines in 
being predictable. We now know how long it takes to get through particular scenarios. And we weren't able to do that before because it was really wait and see. And being like an on-time airline, being like number one for the last like five years, yeah. it's hard to find delays and cancellations being flown from production. Right. So this is how, how long ago was it that, um, that y'all started looking at service virtualization? Because it's still a pretty new thing. Uh, technically, it was kind of before my time. I've only been there 44 years, mm-hmm. but uh, speaking with management, they were trying to get it for a total of five. So they started before I wow. joined, but they never had a large project to join them in that endeavor. We know we had a need. We never had a really good, solid case study to justify mm-hmm. acquiring such a product. And so that project was going on. It, when it finally ended, it was seven years. And uh, about two years prior to it being ending, that's when we brought in service virtualization. And so pretty much if you kind of just follow that trajectory at five years, you're like, I know I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And you pretend you're halfway, that'd be like a 10-year project. But now it's another two years and you've now fully delivered. So it took a long time to reach that point, but yeah. we made it over that hump and totally delivered. That's great. I mean, I was going to say that because in the session yesterday, which was really well attended, um, there was probably a, you know over a hundred people in the room, and at the beginning, uh, Wayne Ariola from Parasoft asked how many people were already doing service virtualization, and I think maybe two people raised their hands. He asked how many were you know seriously looking into it, and maybe two more, and then I bet it was over a hundred raised their hands when he just asked who's here just to learn whatever it even is. I mean, it, it's still you know the fact that y'all been doing it for five, you know, seven years, that kind of thing, and that so many people are still just now even figuring out what it is and, and where those benefits are. Yeah, actually, we were looking at it five years ago. We've actually only been using it in-house for two. Mm-hmm. But the benefits, not just from like what we've been able to yield from it, but listening to other sessions, like from Capital One, they've got, they're even taking it further. And we're following down those same pathways to get more value from the product. Mm-hmm. So with it being that early, kind of as far as it still being such a new concept at the time, was, it, was there any challenges in getting any kind of, uh, like a, buy-in or executive kind of support for something that was, you know, again, not a lot of case studies out there at the time, probably for, to show a lot of uh, success at other companies using this. I don't know if any other airlines were at the time, but it seems like uh, something that new, you don't have a lot of uh, examples to show you why you're so confident that it's going to work for you. Well, we, going back to like knowing we had the need, uh, so it was on as a line item, like, hey, we have a certain amount of budget to associate for this, but not that anchor to really bring it home right and so the the business i mean management was totally on board when those that project was at risk we brought up those risks saying we need this tooling to be able to deliver a quality product we went down a, a nice actually it was a very easy process we we created a tool selection team we actually did review uh industry materials from like gardner and forrester and other white papers and we essentially built a list of you know all the top players we then brought them in to do a live demonstration using, you know, what they want to demo. And we then uh, went back to our management saying, hey, here's our top two contenders. That's part of our, uh, our internal, uh, what do you call it, procurement team for procuring vendor tools. And we brought them in-house, did a in-house proof of concept using our technology with theirs to make sure everything worked and it would do what we needed because, you know, there's always the promise, but can actually deliver. Right. And so we brought in house, went through that proof of concept. It went great. 
and we selected our vendor and here we are a few years later and our project went out and like no kidding when you want to talk about management buy-in and success like the dev manager for the project and actually you know the product the um i think the vp for that particular org structure of both at internal meetings when we talked to our internal employees and in IT, pretty much said like we wouldn't have been able to deliver this product right. without this tooling. Yeah, I was curious as to what some of the areas that uh, that you're seeing the kind of that return on investment because um, it's not always you know like people always talk about that that you know the cloud's benefit is not just cost savings. It's things like uh, the reduced uh, time to reproduce a bug or the reduced time to uh, resolve it, uh, and then the reduced um, uh, number of missed deadlines or features not making it due to, to delays like that. So, so where are the areas that you're seeing the most uh, benefit from, from service virtualization today? Uh, for us, the number one uh, benefit is actually reliability mm-hmm. and repeatability. Those are things we couldn't get before from mm-hmm. like cloning data from prod. So in our environments that I covered from our demonstration, we were able to model all the events. And every day at that same time, that event fires. Right. And so if things aren't working correct, there's you know, a problem in the system. So we still can't solve for problems in the product. We've now eliminated all the variables that would cause like, you know, uncertainty. So being able to walk into one of our, not walk into, but log into one of our uh, many environments, we have about six or seven of them that we're actually cloning the exact same data set to. So you're actually able to do kind of like a, uh, version n minus one regression testing to be able to see like okay this came in it's being handled correctly this other version is not so that alone is to be able to reliably reproduce and test scenarios has been our number one cool you mentioned environments i was going to ask you about that as well you said yesterday during the session that uh that i guess maybe you, one of your major roles is uh providing those environments to the test team to to uh give them an area to do their work in. Are there any challenges with uh, with cloning that data inside of those or providing those environments? Is there any kind of constraints? Because you still hear a lot about one of the biggest constraints to DevOps or continuous testing sometimes is just having the environments available when the testers need them to be able to do what they need to do. I guess environment for us can be kind of divided into two things. One is like your application, but then there's the dependencies. And so those could be like the databases or web services or uh, the MQ connections. And for us, actually, I'm not the guy who provisions the environment. That's actually another like a release engineer. But what I provide is that uh, ability to always have those dependencies. He just deploys mm-hmm. his uh, environment, and our service virtualization is already in place okay. to drive that data into it. So it's that has been an absolute like you don't have to go. Oh, hey, we need to go out and bounce this service or reconfigure this. It is just all holistically embedded and supporting that deployment. Cool. So last question that I had for you was, um, what's the next step to taking this even further since the job's never done? There's always able to make it go faster and make it be a, make it, make it better. Uh, my particular role, this is, this was like a very large project. So there was a lot more time and effort spent on that, but actually what we're looking to moving forward is what many companies are probably faced with. We have several initiatives around cloud computing, uh, server virtualization, you know, could be reside in-house or on top of that, but also DevOps and for deployment and continuous integration for building. So we've, we have all of those efforts being ran in parallel, but we haven't joined forces because we're all still discovering that. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, good that we're all figuring out our bearings, 
now our next step looking forward is now bringing those uh, new concepts all together to really realize the full value that they all bring. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking to me today. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, again, we'll get, um, we'll get this shared out uh, as well as a link to, um, to download that on-demand webinar from Parasoft uh, to get an even uh, deeper dive into this. Thanks again. That is going to wrap it up for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed this episode and that you keep in touch. Uh, let us know. Are there any topics or people that you'd like for us to speak to or with in the future? We'd love to know. Uh, we're always looking for new ideas. And you can keep up with the DevOps podcast on our SoundCloud page or through the SkyTap blog. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.